I'm concerned about you. This is an intervention. <laughs> a quarantine intervention. Oh, haven't you missed podcasting? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Now we're back. Not that we really went anywhere. <laughs> Quite literally, <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> I've been staying put in one place. Yep. So, to celebrate a month of being at home <laughs> um, and still figuring out how to record with people who are not uh, with us physically or spiritually. Uh, <laughs> that was a weird joke. Um, thought we'd do a Q&A. Like any lazy YouTuber. Um, desperate for content. Desperate for content and attention. We turn to you, audi- audience. I don't know why I said that weird. Humbly. Adios. Humbly, we turn to you for some cues so we can A them in this spare time that we have. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Good. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, look at oh, us. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Stephanie and I'm Bryn and we're two writers who have a lot of questions so to answer those questions each episode we're inviting a fellow writer on to talk about their work and other stuff welcome to shitty first drafts another writer to talk about their work <laughs> it's us it's just us. we're your writers yeah but we're not talking about our work unless someone asks us a very pointed question that's about true. our work that's true we'll see we may or may not talk about our work <laughs> who's to say um we have decided to do a special edition quarantine episode where we're going to answer some questions um posed to us by our followers on both instagram and twitter yeah so if you're not following us on there uh what you doing yeah i mean are you up to something else right now because literally (laughs) no one else is what are you doing go home (laughs) or if you're at home and not following us follow us yeah it could be fun we don't post that much no we won't won't bug you ruin your life Mm -mm. yeah also, follow us on Facebook because we didn't get any questions from Facebook. And that's true. I know if you were following us, you would have asked one because that's just the kind of person you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Without question. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Well, jump right in. We could jump right in. I wanted to um, start with just a simple question for you mm. How are you doing during quarantine? Uh, I'll elaborate. (laughs) (laughs) But how are you doing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what have you been reading or are you excited about reading over quarantine now that we're here? Yeah, good question. I was, I was I want to answer it too. Okay, well, I'll ask it back to you. I'll do the polite (laughs) conversational thing and ask, um, and you at the end of my (laughs) sentence, um, I thought you were just going to be like, how are you doing? And I was like, that's not a simple question. That's going to send me into an existential spiral. It's a very complex question these days. It is. Um, so I'm gonna just going to 
you know, gloss right on over that and Love talk that. instead about. Um, I have been excited to read a lot of the books um, that I have yet to read that have been sitting on my <laughs> That you shelf. already own. Yeah, that I already own. Um, I haven't purchased any new books, although I did decide to get um, Bluets by Maggie Nelson because I want to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. I feel ready to hurt myself. I feel ready to love again. Um, Good. But I have been reading um, Paige Lewis's book, Space Struck, which is killer. Um, it's really good. And I haven't finished it quite yet, but I'm almost done. Um, the thing that I always forget about poetry books is that you can, if you wanted to, just like sit down for two hours and read them through mm-hmm. cover to cover. And there's something really satisfying about that. Especially right now because um, it feels like nothing can be finished. Mm-hmm. But that is something you can, like, do and finish and accomplish. Does that make yeah. sense? So, well, you like to have those goals. Oh. Also, it's important. <laughs> it's important to have goals. Yeah, it's nice to have goals. And it's really just nice to finish a book because I <clears throat> often with poetry, I'll go in and um, open it up and, like, look at, for cool titles and read those and then mm-hmm. put it back on the shelf and maybe not come back to it for six months. So um, it was nice. I took Paige's book out to the backyard and um, laid out on a blanket and just read it like it was a – piece of fiction or something um and that was interesting too just from because I'm also working on my book manuscript and so to see how a book has been like crafted and put together you're looking at them in different ways yeah yeah exactly so anyway um but also it's just a delightful book and has um I posted about one of the poems that I really enjoy um but there are so many that one just really struck me so struck Mm -hmm. space I have been space struck Anyway, so that's what I've been reading. Paige Lewis, we love you. Come Paige on the show. Lewis, we love you. Come on the show. <laughs> One of my favorite things about um, Paige Lewis is that um, they're currently m- married, married yeah. mm-hmm. to um, Kava Akbar. And every time I've heard Kava mention Paige on a <laughs> podcast, he says, well... As transcendent American poet Paige Lewis would say. Yeah, it's so <laughs> Every sweet. time, and it's so I sweet. I want someone to call me a transcendent American poet. Or any, transcendent anything, really. <laughs> it's just such a great... It's a good word. Good word. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I've also just been enjoying reading like what people are posting about reading on Instagram. Um, I think that's fun to see little snippets of things. Um, I almost always screenshot whatever Tiana Clark has posted. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that's yeah. a good one. She she just posted something that by Sharon Olds that was really good. And I was like, oh, oh I think I, I almost sent that to you. Oh, really? Uh-huh. The one about sex? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Screenshot it. Although I did momentarily forget how to screenshot and was like trying to press the off button and the like volume down button and was like why is this not screenshotting i don't understand You're I like want. i better just throw this phone away and get it really lost my mind so <laughs> anyway how about you <gasps> me well you might not know this about me listener but i'm not a big reader mm-hmm. or i haven't been in the last couple years mm-hmm. um i do read i also can read <laughs> <laughs> i just <laughs> delivery <laughs> also it took everything in my power not to spit my bloody mary out at you yeah that would have messed up your microphone yeah 
you were worried. Dear listeners, <laughs> Stephanie can read. She is literate. Thank I God. I can read. I just haven't felt the need to show off recently. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't been reading a lot recently. Um, like Bran, I've been reading um, the poetry that other writers have posted online and really enjoying that. Um, a lot of people have been sharing around that Maggie Smith poem. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? Um, Good Bones, that one? Yes. Yeah. A lot of people, in the, I think right when this first started, I remember it was having a little bit of a resurgence online. I feel like, yeah, that one kind of goes around whenever there's a capital T thing happening. Mm, yeah, definitely. So I've really been enjoying revisiting that poem. Mm-hmm. Um Recently, I think, I don't know what's up with me, but I've been reading a lot of nonfiction, but like Great. memoir. Great. Um, like the last couple books I read. I mean, to be fair, they were true crime memoirs. So that's your shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's my shit. <laughs> um, like the last book I finished was Stay Sexy, Don't Get Murdered, mm-hmm. The Definitive Guide, based on the uh, podcast, um, which was delightful. And right before that, I read the book I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which was written by the late Michelle McNamara, mm-hmm. um, who was a true crime blogger um, and brilliant writer. Yeah. Um, she had her MFA in fiction and wrote a true crime book. So, like, I was like, I'm in. Yeah. It was like, beautifully written. Check. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just got another book in the mail um, that's another memoir of a. Uh, person online who I follow. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, her name is Jen Gotch. She just wrote a book called The Upside of Being Down um, about her mental health journey and also starting a brand. Bando. She started Bando. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that that's who that was. Yeah, she's fun. So anyway, I've just found myself reading a lot of memoir, nonfiction type books. Um, I guess I've been listening to a ton of podcasts recently mm. and my whole life. <laughs> right. As long as podcasts have been a thing. So I think that's a natural uh, way for my brain to go. Yeah, I was going to ask why, if you can identify why you feel drawn to nonfiction and like memoir specifically. But if there's not an answer to that, that's okay too. Yeah, I don't know. Teach me how to live, other people. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know, know that, that a book we... about murder is really going to teach you how to maybe You're right, teach you how but to I think it, I think but... book about murder is the simplest, most boiled down, yeah. terrible way to describe either of those books. Fair, <clears throat> but anywho, I look forward to starting um, the upside of being down. Yeah, any day now I'll start it, but <laughs> it's, it's just, the weekend. It's here. Yeah, it'll happen. It's okay. We've but been yeah. podcasting and TVing and all that. All those. Yeah, things we finished a lot of shows recently. I just feel so satisfied. Setting them up, setting them up those boxes. knocking them down. Exactly. It's felt great. Just really accomplishing <laughs> <laughs> completely meaningless tasks <laughs> that I've ascribed for myself, uh, prescribed for myself to mm-hmm. have a sense of meaning and purpose. Yeah. Well, great. Next question. <laughs> well, let's dive into these questions. Um, that a couple of uh, a couple of you guys sent in um our first question um is a very important question from our friend stephanie um not not, it's not me guys (laughs) 
Um, our other beautiful, intriguing friend, Stephanie. Yes. Um, her and guest number two, Sam Edmonds, have a new podcast together do, yeah. about McFly. Yeah. A little known band. British. I say I say a little known, but that could be offensive. A British band. Yeah. Pop punk. Niche. Uh, niche. Probably. But, uh, but yeah, they started a podcast and it's pretty fun. Our friend Stephanie from the podcast McWho is the title, right? <laughs> yeah, it's called McWho the Podcast. McWho the Podcast. Yeah, um, so if you don't know anything about McFly, you could listen to McWho. Yeah. Because it's about who McFly is. Exactly. Uh, by the two biggest fans I've ever heard of. Literally ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stephanie asks, what's your makeup routine? Because y'all cute as heck. Ah, shucks. <laughs> it's a very important question. Super shucks. It feels um, like this question would be so much more interesting if it was not quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I was um, going to say non-existent. Right now, nothing. Nothing. Uh, a lot of moisturizer. I've been putting a lot of gunk on my face recently of the lotion variety. <laughs> I was trying to make it not sound gross because I was about to say I've been putting a lot of. I don't think you can come back from that word choice, but uh, I've been putting a lot of lotions on my face. I think that's great. It feels great. No, it still feels dry. Yeah. So I don't know what's up with the uh, indoors, but. um, But if it weren't quarantine, if it weren't quarantine, and I'm running late for work, also nothing. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. become comfortable with my bare face mm-hmm. in recent months. Yeah, I'm really proud of um, Which that. feels like something important, but yeah. it also makes me feel lazy. Yeah. Um, Two sides to But in point. college, literally, I would put on mascara after my first class and say that I was ready for the day. So I'm just falling back into old routines. Yeah. Like, I wore more makeup to go to the bar the week before quarantine than I wore to my high school prom. <laughs> Really? So, yeah. Wow. Oh, I just loved makeup in high school, so I wore it. I yeah. I just like never touched the stuff. My mom didn't really wear. I mean, my mom yeah. sort of wore makeup. My I guess she did, but, but she more didn't for like she didn't like teach me how to do it. Yeah. Uh, and my sister kind of wore it, and I was always just like, "Wow, what's that?" But she was also six years older than you, mm-hmm. so so she was kind of out of the house by the time I was in high school. Yeah. And my friend, none of my friends wore makeup, so yeah. No, I had I mean, a friend who got married, and she just curled her eyelashes for her wedding. That's cuckoo bananas. She looked I mean, beautiful. I, I'm sure it's yeah. Her skin's probably perfect. She's never had a pimple in her life. <laughs> but yeah, I just I. It's so weird how like who you're around can yeah, change your upbringing it so much. Well, and also I think doing theater, you know, we put oh, makeup yeah. for shows, and that was so fun. Um, because theater makeup is just like crazy yeah just yeah. just wild like we I even I think I had a class that was about like makeup mm. and so we learned how to do techniques like old person face like giving yourself wrinkles and um how to do like wounds and you know was this in high school or college well in high school I don't think I took a class but we like learned for each production you like yeah it on. um yeah. but I was like I helped the we did Beauty and the Beast and I was like in charge of helping oh. Beast get his face on and off because there's a really quick change mm-hmm. when he like is supposed to transform transforms um just like yeah. the length of one smoke bomb yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah and you have to pull this all this like prosthetic stuff that's glued on is ridiculous yeah. but yeah so I think it for me 
because of that and because I had friends who were interested in makeup um it just like became a thing and then um Ashton and Amanda and I all really liked it and kind of like upped each other's interests because then Amanda started working at Ulta so she was on top of everything and was like you have to she see was, this new palette and da 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 rubbing elbows yeah. with the <laughs> yeah so um it just became it got to a point where I was like okay no one buy anyone else any makeup for Christmas because we all have too much but that's fun anyway yeah so for for me my makeup routine <clears throat> on like a daily basis is um like a light coverage foundation powder to like set that then eyebrow gel uh, mascara eyeliner blush highlighter um if I'm like going out I'll add some eyeshadow and I'll do like a little bit of um, bronzer like in the hollows of my cheeks and stuff Mm -hmm. to like faux contour Mm -hmm. but <clears throat> for me, it's more makeup is always like I all I really like wearing makeup and I like wearing makeup daily. So I had to learn how to do it or but but I'm also deeply lazy and like to sleep until the last possible <laughs> minute. So I had to like whittle it down to the basics um, and learn how to do it in like 10 minutes or less because I couldn't um, be bothered to get out of bed <laughs> any earlier than that. Yeah. So um, so, yeah, it's I do it. I kind of like smear some Clinique um even better refresh is the uh, brand of the foundation I use Ooh. um smear that all over my face with my fingers which is like a criminal sin don't tell you to artist yeah <clears throat> um and yeah just kind of smudge the rest on and call it a day sometimes I rub the brush on my face without putting it in anything and just hope that there's like a little bit of blush left on there to make a little bit of difference yeah it might be and then I run out the door there might be who does that? <laughs> yeah. Comedy. Well, now you know, Stephanie. So now you know. If you want to hold, I mean, I just don't want to, I could give you all of my, all of the names of the products that I use, my, what are my faves, but uh, I just don't know that anyone else That's would find a it that podcast. interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, we can send, chat later. Send Brim a, Brim. Send Bryn a DM. Yeah. Send Bryn a DM. I wanted to get a clean version. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, for more info but then stephanie um replied again and said but for real <laughs> what genre um, for real we are super <laughs> cute so <laughs> what genre would you like to explore in writing um what is your writing routine mm. and also if you had to pick one superpower what would it be so there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack here three separate questions yeah. but she really gave it to us i like that and the, and she said we were cute so so she's our new favorite it's hard not to love Steph, you know? Yeah, it's true. Well, let's start with what was the superhero one? Um, if you had to pick one superpower, what would it be? Teleportation. Ooh, that's a good one. I, I, knew... I just hate traveling, but I love, like, <laughs> going to new places. I love being there, but I hate going there. <laughs> yeah, well, flying's a bitch. Airports are a bitch. Oh, I kind of like it. I don't like but it. But I'm it a Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I love it. Did you ever notice how calm I was? Yeah, you Did were it super chill the you? whole time. I just was like a little anxiety ball. Yeah. But I just, there's so many reasons I hate all of that, so. Yeah. So teleportation, because then I could just like zap, go see my family, zap, go to the yeah. Louvre, zap, go to Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it would work over oceans. That would be a thing that science will have to figure out. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like actually possible scientifically, <laughs> like within the physics. Come on, but uh, but that's what. Wouldn't that be crazy though if that was like okay, writing prompt? What if teleportation becomes real, but they're still working out the kinks and going <laughs> over water? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That'd be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it would be really scary. Um. I used to always say invisibility because I'm nosy as fuck. <laughs> um, but I think I would uh, learn too much and I would not have a good life. Yeah. There are things you shouldn't know. Yeah. Um, I had a friend, I think it was someone I was friends with, who used to always say they wanted their superpower to be, uh, to have great timing. Mm-hmm. Like have always do everything at the right time. Mm-hmm. Meaning they would show up mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. at the perfect time or if they somehow needed to be there early, they would show up in time for something they needed to see. Kind of like a Sliding Doors thing. Have you ever seen that movie, Sliding Doors? Mm-mm. It's like a movie about Gwyneth Paltrow, but like, you know, she's an actress, so it's not actually Gwyneth uh-huh. Paltrow. Um, and at it's the beginning of Gwyneth the movie... Paltrow's personal life. <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, um, she is on the subway platform, and or she's like running to catch her train. Mm-hmm. And um, at first... She passes someone who like drops a bunch of stuff and makes the train. And then the movie splits into a reality where she stops and helps the person with their stuff and then doesn't make the train. And then it shows how different her life would be based on if she made the train. So it's called like sliding doors because the doors open and close on the subway. Anyway, so it's like what if if she made the train she would have gotten home early to find her boyfriend cheating on her. Right. But because she missed the train she stays with that guy. I won't give away the ending. It's a great movie, actually. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I wrote. Superpower. Timing. Uh-huh. So if she had the superpower of great timing, she would probably... Both could be true. Yeah, she, but she would really probably have got the train so she could like have a better life and leave her dumb boyfriend. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I always thought that was a really good answer. It is a good answer. Good Because it timing. apply also to like, like timing when like meeting people, like good timing when you meet... like. A good friend, like mm. someone who's going to become your BFF, or like good timing romantically, you know. Yeah, or just good luck. I don't have good luck. Yeah, that's not really a superpower though. Um, it'd be pretty cool to like light things on fire. <laughs> Sharp left turn. What about? I mean, you can do that now <laughs> as a human being, but like with your eyes. Sure. Um. What about um? What's it called? Um. Um. It's not. Oh, telekinesis. Oh, you can move things stuff? with yeah, your mind. Yeah, that would be nice too. I'm also flying. But I feel like if you say flying, you have to say so many other caveats. Like, they don't, like, shoot you out of the sky and, like, study you for science. Because right. that could be a big problem. <laughs> sure, you can fly, but, but you have to also be invisible. You'll be a UFO. Yeah, or, like, you'll be studied in science for the rest of your life and you won't lead a normal life. Yeah, that is the risk with all superpowers, I think. <laughs> the other like, one Samuel heard, Jackson's going to come and ask you to join a team. Yeah, he will. Um, the other one that I've heard that I really liked, but it's kind of more like the like m- like mundane things, like nothing big or flashy. But the other one I've heard that I really like is um, like always having the exact right amount of money for something. Oh. Like, you get a exact cup of change. coffee and it's four ninety five, and you have four ninety five in your pocket. Or you want to buy a house and it's, you know... Stuff like that. But I think, just because I think having money would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. What about being rich? Yeah. Not a superpower, but... Close enough these days. All right, so there's a superpower question, 
And then she also asked, um, what genre would you like to explore in writing? Mm -hmm. Um, And what our writing routines are. Um, I can start. Okay. Um, I haven't written very much nonfiction in my life, but it's something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that is narcissistic, <laughs> but but I've always wanted to like talk about my life, and I look up to writers who do that, um, who are great like memoirists and or essayists and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I've always wanted to do, but haven't. Um, when I was in high school, I wrote in the front of my journals that says it says like um um in moleskin sometimes at the beginning it has like name phone number if lost please Mm -hmm. return to blah 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 like it has like a little fill in the blank and then i found my one of my high school journals and i crossed it out part of it and it said if lost please and i wrote publish (laughs) (laughs) which is crazy yeah but i don't know that would be... You could say I've always been full of myself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I really... I just... I've always liked reading um, personal essays. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'd like to do more of that I haven't. Um, and my writing routine is... Uh, not much these days. I haven't been writing very often. Uh, been writing a lot on my phone. Um often at inopportune times where people think I'm just getting on my phone because I'm bored, but really I'm struck with a sentence or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like I at don't a know. reading or? A lot of times it's at a reading or if I'm just like out with people. Yeah. Um, but I think my ideal routine uh, would just find some way to work it into my daily life, but yeah. spending all day on a computer and then trying to sit at a computer and write is a... yeah. A hard ask, I think sometimes. Absolutely, so. yeah. When when your work is computer based, yeah. So to... I like to find other ways to do it. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Um, I mean, not to copy or anything, but nonfiction, creative nonfiction. It's <laughs> but you have written a creative and... nonfiction piece recently. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm trying to write it. Like I'm, I uh, I'm working toward working toward I don't know I I've yeah I start I started dabbling in it um because I do really admire the ways that um nonfiction writers can like weave their personal lives with or like personal insight with something that's happening in the world I really love those sort of braided essays that have that juggle a lot of different things I think like um I think Katie Culligan does it really well. I think Rex King does it really well. Um, to name a couple people that we've had on the podcast. They, Sam Edmonds also does it really well too. So, um, yeah, and I just find myself really drawn to that kind of writing. So I think it's it's nice. And part of me also thinks that there's a pretty fine line between poetry and nonfiction. If you are writing kind of poetically anyway, mm-hmm. like nonfiction like if you're writing a prose poem, do you mean the there's creative... a fine line or like a thin line? Because I feel like that those have two different connotations. I just I mean that the line is kind of can be blurred sometimes, mm. um, or that it's easy to like cross from one to the other. So, yeah, I gotcha. um, yeah. Um, and then my writing routine right now, I've been doing so much editing that um, it kind of is just like I'll work on it for an hour. Or two every couple of days. Um, I try. I've been trying to j- just like 
rather than push it and like make myself edit for long periods of time or edit every day I just edit I go and work and edit until I'm done and then I walk away mm-hmm. um you put on your focus music I put on my focus music um the deep focus playlist from Spotify shout out which straight <laughs> up helps me get into the zone it's great <laughs> um I like f- truly helps me find a flow um last time you put it on while I was there I fell asleep sitting up <laughs> <laughs> so it's very relaxing it is relaxing um and it doesn't have it's just like atmospheric music so it doesn't like distract me but it like gives part of my brain something to do mm-hmm. um yeah, so again, I also don't know that I have much of a writing routine exactly, but mostly because I think that it works for some people. Um, but the whole like two hour write two hours every day routine thing is mm-hmm. bullshit in my opinion. Um, so yeah, so a routine I think is important to establish, sure, but I also think it's a bit unrealistic. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. Um... That wasn't the way I meant to start that sentence. Um, In grad school a lot, we were assigned... um, I had a specific class that was about writers and not necessarily their stories. So we would read... um, We would be assigned, you know, one of their books or one of their collections of stories and also um, an essay that was written about them where they talk about their process Mm -hmm. and talk about the way that they write stories. Mm -hmm. Like it was a craft. craft. It was a craft class, basically. Um, I just couldn't find that word uh, five seconds ago. Um, But I really liked reading all of those articles where they discussed like, oh, Alice Monroe wakes up at the butt crack of dawn and goes on a walk and, you know, writes that way or always ends in the middle of a sentence. You can jump back in and all of those things. And I feel like I've always um, liked reading those from different writers because everyone does do it differently Mm -hmm. and... Um, but you know, if you read three in a row where they say you have to write every day or you have to do it in the morning, then you get kind of like, Meh. yeah, when it's prescriptive, when it's like you have yeah. to do this. And, and I, I feel like I've always carried around like a small shame about not writing mm-hmm. or not waking up earlier. Like, mm-hmm. is it not worth it to wake up earlier? But like right. also fuck you. I don't have to wake up early to mm-hmm. be a writer, <laughs> but I feel like I've always, and, and I feel like I'm definitely not alone. A lot of writers probably carry that around too. Yeah. Like, that I don't you're like write not every a real day. writer. Or yeah, because if you not, can't dedicate yeah. that kind of time to it, but it's 2020, we got shit to do. <laughs> so much shit to do. <laughs> we can prioritize. Yeah. Correctly and what's the other word? I don't know. Do a lot of things at once. Multitask. Multitask. <laughs> yeah. My brain hasn't been forced <laughs> to do that in several days, so well, I forgot yeah, the word. I think I think too for me. Um, yeah, it, there was always this conversation about like creating a routine and I always like that. I kind of always bristled at that a little bit. Um, I think because like when I was first starting out, um, I took a fiction class and this was an undergrad and, or I took a fiction and poetry, like an intro course. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the, the professor, our professor brought in one of the other professors who was like, um, a more well-known fiction writer or something. And, um, he came in with a literal like three ring binder, like a three inch big three ring binder and plopped it down and was like, this is 50 like versions of my first 20 chapters or whatever. It was like, it was just so pompous and so like scare tactic-y that it really turned me off. And this is the same kind of person who was like, you must write two hours every day. And I was like, okay, 
you're a tenured professor who's married. <laughs> I think you've talked about this and person I, before. Yeah, <laughs> and it just really, it really like fucked me up for a while. I was like, I'm not writing for two hours every day. That makes me not a good, good or real or like I'll never become the best writer or whatever yeah. because of this, right? Which I think is just bullshit. Um, and I always found myself because school writing up against the deadline, like that's mm-hmm. pretty much how I do Very everything good in my motivation. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're not writing against a deadline, it's it's tough. It's tough. And I don't know that anyone really is teaching young writers how to create a routine. They're they're just saying that you they need to create one and and like scare them and create this shame that you're talking about. Um but no one I I, I didn't have it like modeled for me in a way that was productive Mm -hmm. um so I do think that that's something that I wish or I I wonder how many other people had that experience and I wish that there was some more conversation about that in terms of like creative writing pedagogy and all that kind of stuff definitely and I feel like you know what everything's a little bit easier if you do it every day like well right like I think it maybe is important to like sit down and think about your own shit every day like yeah like meditate self well yes meditate but I also mean like do some administration for yourself because I feel like I sometimes I just have to like go to a coffee shop not now right (laughs) sometimes I feel like I need to just go to a coffee shop and sit and stare at my computer and send like three emails that have been in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. or like some personal mm -hmm. yeah personal administration do your taxes um you know uh transfer money in your bank you know like all these things that you just like need to get done but you're like or like write a letter or Mm -hmm. something that it's hard to make time for so it's like easy to do anything if you sit down and give yourself the time to do it whether that's writing or doing something else but yeah but it definitely should be taught like there should those kind of essays where you read about people's routines should be required in like intro writing classes yeah so you can see with, that everyone's with the understanding different. that like this isn't it isn't a prescription it's not like you do this or you fail yeah. well that goes back also to the shitty first drafts essay yeah. where she talks about you know you don't have to do it all at once right you know yeah i think yeah i think you're right yeah. um i yeah i kind of wonder whether it's like any advice you get in life though like Doctors tell you to exercise five days a week. And sure, you'd be your healthiest self exercising five days a week, but nobody actually does it, yeah. you know? No doctors ever said that to well, me. Well, yeah. Thank not goodness. five days a week, but still. Yeah. Well, that actually transitions um, really well into our next question um, asked to us by Bonnie. Shout out to Bonnie. Um, Bonnie asked, how do I get started in writing? Mm. In theory, it's quote unquote just start, which is what I was going to say. But any tangible tips for nervous peeps? Question mark? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, And I mean, at some point, you just have to put your butt in the chair, Mm -hmm. right? And write. (laughs) Um, But I think advice I've been given before is um, to, especially with poetry, but I think this could apply for fiction or creative nonfiction too, to like carry a notebook with you or take your phone and and you know put this stuff down but to notice Mm. and to really pay attention to the things that are happening around you so whether or not it's like a conversation of people walking by and again this isn't I guess super um work in quarantine but you could kind of tailor it to work Mm. but um to like pay attention to the way the light hits the grass and like how does that change the shade of green and um 
you know, notice the leaf that's like sitting in the grass and just kind of like pay attention to those things that you normally wouldn't absorb. Um, and whether or not a poem directly comes from that or uh, any writing directly comes from that, um, you're still paying attention to the world. You're like more plugged in than you would be otherwise. I think that a lot of people too who are interested in writing might already be noticing those things and not sure how to like articulate, articulate it in a way that meets some sort of standard. So I think just recording those things maybe you're already noticing. Yeah. Um, and taking the pressure off of it, just like typing it on your keeping it yeah, in, just write in it the how notes it is. app. Just yeah. write it how it is and at some point you'll have so many of those things that you'll want to read back over them and just see and I don't know. I I kind of think my view on it too is like maybe you've already written something that you're kind of proud of. Share it with your best friend. Mm. I don't know. That might be scary. But if they're your best friend, they're going to tell you that it's great. And they're going to say, I really like that one part. And even just doing that, like if you read two lines of a poem to your friend while you were just hanging out one time, that can build your confidence so much and be so freeing, I think, that maybe you'll feel like, hey, he, she, they really liked that. And maybe I'll write like something else and share it with somebody else or something. Yeah. I don't know. I think just sometimes we've talked about this like a hundred times before, but writing can feel so personal and so mm-hmm. insular, even though you know eventually it's meant for the public or meant for other people. Other people to see, yeah. Um, so I think just maybe bringing that in and getting and using that to boost your confidence a little bit could be helpful. Yeah, yeah somebody safe. And if your friend says they don't like it or they try to give you constructive criticism. Don't be their friend anymore. <laughs> well, if they try to give you constructive criticism, take it, you know. Take Even it if they're heart. your poetry teacher, don't be their friend. <laughs> don't be their friend. Just kidding. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Yay, we did it. We did it. <laughs> also, just start. Yeah. You nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, putting a pen to paper is important. But you can also, I mean, like if you're still feeling like nervous or... Uh, lacking inspiration or something or or you see everything that you've written down but you don't know how to like bring it into something cohesive I do think that the sort of tried and true advice of to be a good writer you must be a good reader is always true and I find I find myself writing more poems when I've been reading poems regularly like Mm -hmm. that day that I sat out and read through most of Paige's book I was like I didn't write a poem but later that night I was going to bed and a poem like kind of came to me or a part, part of a poem kind of came to me so I like type, typed it in my phone as I was yeah. like falling asleep so I that's I mean, what always I, happens to me at readings whenever I'm right like look up on YouTube you people reading work because mm-hmm. whenever I'm at a reading I start thinking in that poetry rhythm mm-hmm. and it makes me I get like so many ideas for things I want to write of yeah. course I make a little note in my phone and then afterward I'm like hmm, what was I gonna say there so yeah. like maybe write something down so you're not on your phone like a jerk during a reading yeah <laughs> bring a notebook with you or if you're on the internet it doesn't matter but uh but I think listening to people read um or reading are really big yeah having those things in your brain Mm -hmm. just knocking around with the rest of the stuff in your Mm -hmm. brain like eventually those patterns will feel more natural Mm -hmm. and you'll think about if I were writing that same book or that same poem how would I say it and then then you're a writer (laughs) yeah or even like okay I'm going to write in the style of this person. And it might feel Mm -hmm. kind of silly, like you're like, you know, ripping off of them. But if that's what you need to get started, if that's kind of like the, you know, lighter fuel, as it were, that can be really helpful too. So I do think that there's 
lots of things that you can do if you're feeling stuck or nervous. Um, but yeah, definitely. Right. God, we answered that so good. <laughs> We're so wise. <laughs> All right. Next question. I'm in charge of the questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say your question master. Um, our next question, um, two questions actually, was given to us by a previous guest, um, Katie Culligan. Ah, yes. Um, Katie asked, how do y'all get so cute and fun? Oh my God. How do we so get so cute, cute and fun? fun? Well, when a mommy loves a daddy. Ooh. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Um, I, I majored in cute and minored in fun. Wow. I majored a, in fun and With a concentration in, in chaos. <laughs> <laughs> My concentration was in order. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to answer that question. Well, we started a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is just a natural thing to do mm-hmm. when you're so cute when and fun. So cute, when you're overflowing with cute and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. It just comes natural to us. <laughs> you too What's can that be cute line fun. from Parks and Rec? Um, oh, thank you. It's um, genetic and unattainable. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, Katie also asked, what are some of your favorite works in translation? Now, I, I personally couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. I felt really uh, uncultured. Yeah, I was going to say that's a good question. It makes me want to um, read more translation pieces. I know I have read a few. Um, yeah, well, and probably more than you would realize. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are a lot of famous poets that weren't writing in English initially. True. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know that I have a favorite piece, but I do. I have, I mean, to be super uh, whatever cliche, um, there's a... Um, so this is the um, Merwin translation that I really like um, from Neruda's 20 Love Poems. This is number 18. Here I love you. In the dark pines, the wind disentangles itself. The moon glows like phosphorus on the vagrant waters. Days, all one kind, go chasing each other. The snow unfurls in dancing figures. A silver gull slips down from the west, sometimes a sail. High, high stars. Oh, the black cross of a ship, alone. Sometimes I get up early and even my soul is wet. Far away the sea sounds and resounds. This is a port. Here I love you. Here I love you and the horizon hides you in vain. I love you still among these cold things. Sometimes my kisses go on those heavy vessels that cross the sea toward no arrival. I see myself forgotten like those old anchors, the piers sadden when the afternoon moors there. My life grows tired, hungry to no purpose. I love what I do not have. You are so far. My loathing wrestles with the slow twilights, but night comes and starts to sing to me. The moon turns its clockwork dream. The biggest stars look at me with your eyes. And as I love you, the pines in the wind want to sing your name with their leaves of wire. Wee, 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 wee. I, did I love it. that. Yeah. It's lovely. Um, 
but but yeah, like I think I recently posted a poem um, that someone else had shared that was a translated piece too. So I do think you there are more translate translations like kind of floating around mm-hmm. than you're maybe aware of initially. But yeah, the translation is like incredibly beautiful. Oh my gosh, it's insane! Yeah. I I um when I was in graduate school, I took a trip to Slovenia. Um, that was like a quote unquote poetry trip. I Mm -hmm. went with a group of college poets. Um, and so, um, the leader of the trip, um, had made some contacts with people in Slovenia, Mm -hmm. um, poets. Mm -hmm. So we got to hear people read in English, but also in Slovene, um, which is the original language they were written. So some people were doing their own translations, Mm -hmm. um, because they're that smart. (laughs) brilliant it's uh, just always blows my mind that you know people know more than one language because right. america is so kind of behind on that but yeah. a lot of people in other countries learn english when they're children well but um, not only that but that the, the challenge is to translate lots of times what i think poetry is doing is like naming something that's sort of unnameable mm-hmm. so to not only take that like kernel of truth and beauty mm-hmm. but like to understand it well enough that you could put it into another language is yeah and not Radical. like lose that magic is pretty wild pretty amazing yeah yeah so that's like my my brush with translation i guess is yeah. hearing someone read their own poem in two languages mm-hmm. um just pretty cool especially mm-hmm. a language i was just so unfamiliar with slovene yeah as a language but yeah, but Pretty that cool. was really interesting to hear. And, yeah, we also went to a poetry reading that was just in town. Um, so we just heard Slovene poets read their poetry. And um, I have like a little chapbook of one of them. And, that's so cool. And it, it's funny because I feel like even though I didn't know what she was saying, I was able to enjoy the reading. Mm-hmm. And like the same rhythms were there, mm-hmm. you know, the way that they pronounce the words. I mean obviously not pronounced but the emphasis they put on the syllables mm-hmm. and like all of that translates pretty well i don't know sound yeah sound and rhythm mm. yeah that's cool that was neat man i love translation poems i just forgot yeah because there's something like i feel like once you pull the rug out of normal english like and you're switching out um not what what am I trying to say not synonyms but uh oh wait synonyms that is the word I mean like like from one language to another yeah when you're translating I feel like it's a lot of work with um word choice Mm -hmm. when you know what something means but what in context what actual word should be chosen that Mm -hmm. also means Mm -hmm. the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just so fascinating like if you've ever read a poem um written by someone in English um, whose second language is English, um, they're always so much more interesting, I think, the word choice, just because of the way they approach the language. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just really fascinating. Yeah, because figurative language doesn't always translate, and so it's interesting to see what turns of phrase Mm -hmm. are chosen instead. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It makes your brain do a bit more work, I think, too. Mm -hmm. But, like... Uh, like making new patterns in your brain. Yeah, basically. It, there's like new more surprise. Yeah, yeah, more surprise for sure. Cool. Yeah, so that's that. It's nice. It's nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
It's um, neat. Great question, though. Yeah. I think um, if you guys know of any great works of translation that are your favorite, like, DM us, man. Yeah, or like, just tweet them at us. Tweet them at us. That would be awesome. Because I want to know more. Mm-hmm. Tweet more questions to us. Mm-hmm. Interact <laughs> with us, please. Tweet us your feelings. Tweet us your favorite poem. We only have each other to talk to. We only have each other. <laughs> Our last and probably most pertinent question mm. was asked to us by our pal, Joanna. Who's more of a Luna and who's more of an Earl? If you don't know, listeners, <laughs> that's very normal because this is a one of those audio podcasts. Yeah. Um, Luna and Earl are our cats. Mm-hmm. Um, Jointly owned. <laughs> we're I, all in this house together. Yeah, <laughs> Luna is my cat. She is um, a long-haired calico. And she's almost five years old. Earl is my cat. She's gray. She's almost two. Almost two. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I describe her. Gray. Gray. Cat. Gray. Also long hair. You, well, She's longish. I was going to say, they've both made appearances on the podcast Insta. Mostly they're just fucking something up in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yelling messing, at them. Messing with things. Yeah, or just like eating loudly. I mean, I know what my answer is. I feel like our cats are our personalities. Yeah, Luna's, <laughs> I'm more of a Luna and you're more of an Earl. Yeah, I feel like that's when we really put that one to bed. It's over. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> done and dusted. Earl is, uh, she's a little chaotic. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what she wants. Um, she loves that toy. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but she, she, does she, love that she toy. loves that. Um, but she's more approachable. <laughs> she is more approachable. Oh, I think this is complimentary. <laughs> Yeah, um, I everyone knows Bryn is not approachable. I'm, I'm not. You are approachable. Well, I also think I'm a bit intimidating. Mm, that could be true. Which is Luna. You know, like people always kind of like... She's so beautiful don't. that no one thinks they deserve <laughs> to talk to her. Just like me. Just like Bryn. Wow. <laughs> and she's also a little bit of a bitch. And you know what? She's a little bit of a bitch. And you know what? She But needs- she knows what she wants and she... Take she no shit. needs her personal boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Very hard personal boundaries. Yeah. They're not always clearly defined, but they you do know, exist. And Earl is thirsty for attention. <laughs> <laughs> Earl, Earl will stand in the middle of a room and yell at you for no reason. <laughs> and you know what? Same. <laughs> that's so real. Oh, that's funny. Not the yelling part, the thirsty for attention. That. And and I wouldn't even say that you're thirsty for attention, but Earl is so thirsty for attention. (laughs) Earl is also a little sister, and I'm a little sister. She's needy. Yeah, yeah. And I have no sisters. Well, I have just like sisters-in-law, sisters-in-laws. Yeah, just like Luna, who does not recognize (laughs) Earl as a sibling. (laughs) They are not kin. Uh, no. Um, that's funny. That was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you for your questions, for entertaining us on this day, this, of quarantine. <laughs> what day is it? I've stopped counting. <laughs> I, have, I have no contact, con- context, no... Concept. That's the one. Of what day it is. I mean, I, I know what day it is, but I don't know how many days into this. Right. 
I know what day it is because I uh, I have to work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and work at home is so boring. <laughs> it's so boring. I wish I had like a little stand-up desk that I could just like roll around the house like a little podium on wheels because I get so bored. I need new things to look at. I'm yeah. like a baby. I have to put like bright colors in front of me. I need a, I need a mobile. Yeah. Um, we can make that happen. <laughs> um as always thank you for listening yes um if you have any more questions and we're quarantined much longer we might answer some more yeah that would be fun i had fun making this yeah um delightful we're also um rounding up some new guests Mm -hmm. um and hopefully we'll start doing that within the next few weeks as well yeah that's the hope but we'll see anything can happen hope is the thing with feathers correct (laughs) (laughs) um yeah thanks for listening thanks for listening um hope you're staying sane out there yeah um yeah read some books and tell us about them yeah um listen to all of our episodes yeah rate and review us on itunes and what are you doing you have your phone in your hand right now is that what you're saying (laughs) Well, just Come go on. in there and click the stars. It's really fun. Yeah. It gives you a little check mark and it says, thanks for your rating. Another task that you can complete. And you can say, man, I've been wanting to do that forever. And now it's done. And now it's done. And my friends will be happy. What a, what a sense your, of accomplishment. You know, you your have. old friends, Brennan and Steph. We're very fun <laughs> and cute. We're very fun and cute. I mean, Come on. <laughs> Well, as always, um, if you'd like to follow us, we are on all the social media platforms um, at SFD Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you'd like to shoot us an email, we're at sfdpodcast at gmail.com. So check us out. We'll try to stay um, active on those mm-hmm. as we're sitting around and we love to hear from you. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Do you have anything to add? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Bye-bye. 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 I made a tweet that was like, shut up everyone, and Uber 4.75 is speaking. <laughs> <laughs> now we're recording. Okay. I'm concerned about my whole situation. <laughs> Number of beverages you have. Concerned about myself.